Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with my bookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with my bookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie Zulu. Alpha Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to CancerScreenQuiz.com now and take the American Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to CancerScreenQuiz.com now. CancerScreenQuiz. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the Zabecast, that's a wrap and a slaughter at the Ryder Cup in Wisconsin as Team USA gives the Euros a face full of foot joys, and it's going to be a long decade ahead. NFL Week 3, and as always, when you think you know the answers, the league changes the questions. 68-yard field goals that are stupid and 66-yarders that go doink for the win. Your 45-minute no-bullshit romp through sports and life is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! Monday, September 27, 2021. Thank you for downloading, and my apologies for this Zabecast going to bed very early on a Sunday afternoon. See, I have to clear the decks. Well, I don't have to, but I choose to clear the decks so I can have a bit more of a relaxing and personally enjoyable Sunday night when there are games of intense local and personal interest at stake, like the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. I don't want this podcast hanging over my head. I don't want to think, okay, all right, the game's it's in the third quarter. What time is it? What time do I got to wake up tomorrow morning for my morning show on 97 through the game? Okay, do I have the podcast done? Uh, oh, I could collect more stuff. There's a, ooh, look at this sound bite coming in from this game. Okay, I got to include that. How do I get that? Now, this shit's going to bed early, and that way I can relax and watch the game tonight. Of course, I'll follow up on Monday with more from the weekend. There's always too much material to begin with. But let's start with the Ryder Cup where it's still not fully over as I record this. However, it looks like US, the, the, the American team is not going to reach 20 points, 
which they thought they might be able to and wanted to, which would be a record for the current format with the number of points in play. And they're probably going to reach just 18 and a half, which is the which ties the high water mark for a whooping. Now I'm here to take my medicine because I was the one of the ones saying this could be a disaster. This could be a European romp over this team. I bought into the noise. You know, there's a guy, uh, Brad Evans. Brad Brad Evans? Uh, at Noisy Huevos. Why am I spacing on the name? I think it's Brad Evans, fantasy football writer. We've had him on the show before here. Brad Evans, fantasy football. Anyhow, I, I always stuck. Yeah, Brad Evans. I knew that. Relax, everybody. He's at no- Noisy Huevos on Twitter, but he has had a saying, I think is part of his sort of brand that goes like this, fade the noise. Very simple, fade the noise. If there's noise, you know, pre-game, pre-tournament, pre-whatever chatter, noise, speculation, fade it. Always fade it. Because we in the media, we take little things and we pull on them and we water them and we inflate them, we pump them full of air and we make them a bigger thing than they really are. And I'm guilty of that. I bought into the Bryson Brooks thing. I took every little snippet of information that turned out to be completely not a factor and made it into a big deal. Bryson and Brooks were not at each other's throats. In fact, Steve Stricker in a great, of course, tearful interview with Steve Sands said uh, right after the clinched the cup, hey, everyone came together. He said Brooks and Bryson even wanted to play together. That's how these guys came together and bought in. He didn't play them together, but maybe we'll see that next time around in two years, God willing, in Rome. That's where they're going with the Ryder Cup in two years. So I bought into the noise. I did not fade the noise. I bought into the possible dysfunction. I also severely, severely overestimated experience, which the Europeans added with some of their grizzled vets, and I under uh, valued talent, which you should never do. The talent on the young end of this American team is flat out sick. And no, the young guys, the Colin Morikawas, the Xander Shoffleys, uh, etc., they were not going to be overwhelmed by this moment. They're a different breed. They are the, the good players now coming up through the college ranks in the U.S., and many of them are foreign-born, but they play in the States, obviously. They're so good, and they're such fine players. It's a joke. I'm watching shots out there at Whistling Straits. I'll tell you about my experience in just a second. And it's unreal to watch these guys in person. They are absolute freaks of nature. The depth uh, and the youth on the American side is going to be a huge problem for years to come because the older guard's going to wash away in two years. Westwood and Poulter and who else is on that upper end is going to wash away. And they've got to replace it with young guys who are elite young guys to match the youth in the 20s of the Americans. And that's going to be hard to do. But every every time is different. Course setup, 
chemistry of the team, makeup, etc. But kudos to the Americans. They absolutely put a stomping out there. Dustin Johnson goes 5-0. and He's one of only a handful of players to ever go 5-0 and in a Ryder Cup and uh, was really, really solid for the U.S. all week long. It uh, looks like Spieth may win a singles match. I'm not sure. He, shockingly, Spieth, in a combination of Ryder Cups and President's Cups, is like 0-6 in singles. So um, that's a little bit surprising. But the American team, absolutely dominant and deep, and they came together. And it was a hell of a week for them. Hell of a week for Herb Kohler and Destination Kohler and the golf course. State of Wisconsin, fans turned out. None of this shocks me. Big events, especially big golf events, the upper Midwest, especially Wisconsin, shows up in force. This is why the PGA of America keeps coming back here, keeps coming back to Wisconsin and to a lesser extent Minnesota. Hazeltine is on one of the future sites for this Ryder Cup as well. And if you come out as a fan to watch a Ryder Cup, I'm here to tell you, it's a tough go. It, you got to really love it. You got to love it, and you got to accept the fact that you are not going to see a lot of actual golf. And that kind of drove me to the point of salty on Saturday night. And I guess it was just me being exhausted and sunburnt from clomping around for the second straight day at Whistling Straits, 14,000 steps in day two, 15,000 steps day one. Way to go, fatty. Yeah, I know. And what really set me off was, you know, I, I pressed my way all the way to a far nook of the actual layout at Whistling Straits, the fifth hole, far, far away from the clubhouse and all the concessions and everything else. Because I thought, maybe over there it's not quite as crowded. Maybe I can get a good vantage point. So sure enough, I did. I found a little spot along the rope line at number five. And I was on the side of a slick hill. Just a little, I mean, it wasn't very steep, but every little hillside, every little mound is a hazard out there because the fescue grass gets trampled, it lays down, and then it is slick as ice. So I'm almost sliding down the hill as I try to take a knee, as I try to you know sit down, and I'm like, okay, I finally got a sliver. I'm here. I'm good. I could see the approach pitch shots and wedges on five, the putts, the green, everything. Perfect view. Then what happens? You have to wait, obviously, 30 minutes for the free. You got to get ahead of the groups coming through. You wait, you wait. And luckily, I'm listening on the radios that they gave out to the media, and you can also buy them as fans that have preset frequencies. Uh, looks like uh, they've just finished uh, Spieth and your college weed dealer, Tommy Fleetwood, did not say on the scoreboard, did not say on the TV who won. It looked like it was a half. Yeah, it was a half. So Spieth at least doesn't lose his match. Tied is what the terminology is. Anyway, so you listen on the radio. It's cool. They get like four pre-programmed frequencies, one with the Sirius XM radio call, one with the broadcast feed from NBC, one with the international feed, one with the BBC radio feed, so you can hear what's going on in the course. And so at least that occupies your time sitting there staring at grass growing one thirty-second of an inch every hour. You wait and you wait and wait like I did. And then, oh, here comes 
the play, here comes the four groups that are actually out on the golf course, four groups for 40,000 people. And what happens? You watch an, a small battalion of non-essential friends, family, wives, girlfriends, agents, hangers-ons, sponsors, who the fuck knows who they are, with the coveted pink lanyard for their credential, which means they get to walk inside the ropes. Isn't that nice for them? I'm telling you, the entourages inside the ropes were more, they were larger in size than I've ever seen at any golf tournament. And they gave zero fucks about whose view they blocked. Zero. Even worse, the volunteers. I know that, okay, certain people volunteer to help out at the tournament and they have to pay for their uniform and they also get, you know, privileges to watch the tournament when they're not working the range or working the parking lot or working the, you know, the the porta potty, whatever the fuck they're working, right? An army of volunteers, unpaid labor. But these volunteers, I know a number of them that once they were done with their shift, in fact, I talked to one guy. He's like, yeah, I worked a couple hours today on the range, but now I'm able to watch the matches here. And I'm like, oh, well, it's nice of you to be inside the ropes watching. What are you doing right now? He's like, oh, nothing. Technically, I'm off. Oh, good. So on the fifth hole, there was a volunteer in their uniform. Every, I'd say, 15 yards, there was five of them. Bink, 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 bink. All standing giving zero fucks as to who could see what, not crouching, not up against the rope line, nothing. It was infuriating. Of course, the PGA of America doesn't give a shit. They sell out this event in no time at all. They get 40,000 people to pay big money. I didn't pay anything. I had a media pass. Oh, why didn't you have a inside-the-ropes pass? Huh. Obviously, I'm a nobody. I just think they've got to do a better job. Well, they don't have to. I, I just think... It would mean a lot if they had a better eye on, hey, we're going to allow 10 people per group inside the ropes. And when we say inside the ropes, we don't mean stand 30 yards inside the rope line in direct view of people who have been waiting hours on a spot to see some action. We mean you're inside the ropes, so you need to stay within five or 10 feet inside the ropes. And then once you get to your spot where there's going to be action, you take a knee. You don't like those rules? Get the fuck outside the ropes. Would go a long way. Whistling Straits is a hell of a course. Incredible. It's a masterpiece. It's the combination of Pete Dye, who was a genius at designing courses, and Herb Kohler, still alive. Got to see the first tee shots. He's 82. Not in the best of health, but he was there. Herb Kohler, a guy who takes... Absolutely nothing but the finest. Insists on nothing but the finest. Those two guys together have created a masterpiece that Wisconsin should pinch themselves to continually say, my God, are we lucky to have this here. We have nice things. It's a great, I think, match play Ryder Cup venue. I would be shocked if it didn't get one of the open spots that's still way down the road in 2031 or 2035, I believe, on the U.S. side. That said, I think I've gone to my last one in person. I'm gonna I want to go to the one that's coming up in Ireland in four years' time. Not the one in Rome, I don't care about that, but there's one at Adair Manor, which looks sick. 
I've been to Ireland where that castle is, and it's it's inland. It's not linksy, but it looks just so sweet. I want to go to that, and then that'll be done. And then you know, to me, the Ryder Cup because I love golf and I'm I'm a nerd about it. I'm going to watch it on TV. Now to the actual emotion of the event. What is it with golf that brings out these emotions in men? That at the end of it, they're like, I love you, man. You know, Stricker's crying. Rory cried because he sucked for the first three sessions. When 0-3 got benched on Saturday and then went out, against a tough opponent in Xander Shoffley and played fantastic, beating him 3-2. and two. Played really well. Even missed a couple short putts that could have made it an even shorter day. And here's what Rory said afterwards. Proud to be a part of this team. I, I love this guy. I, I do, beyond all reason. Incredibly proud to be a part of this team, to be a teammate of all, all these guys, the captain, the vice captains. Um, we've had a great time. You know, it's... It, Looks like it's not going to pan out the way we want on the golf course. Um, you know, I've been extremely disappointed that I haven't contributed more for the team. I'm glad I got a point on the board today for them, but um, it's you know it's been a tough week. And the more and more I play in this event, I realize that it's the best event in golf, bar none. And I love being a part of it. I can't wait to be a part of many more. Yeah, it's the best. Just a moment ago, you said that you hope that little boys and girls who are watching aspire watching this event to be members of a Ryder Cup team or a Solheim Cup team. Is that something that's in your mind as you play this game? Yeah, it's. I don't think there's any greater privilege um, to be a part of part of one of these teams, um, European or American. It's an absolute privilege. I've got I've gotten to do this six times. They've always been my greatest greatest experiences in my career. I have not, never really cried or got emotional over what I've done as an individual. I couldn't give a shit. But this team um, and and what and what what it feels like to be a part of to, to see Sergio break records, to see John Ram come into his home this week, um, you know, to, to see one of my best friends Shane Laurie, but you know, make his Ryder Cup debut. All that is just. It's phenomenal, and I'm so so happy to be a part of it. I'm, you know, as I said, I'm disappointed that I didn't contribute more this week. Um, but you know, in two years' time, we'll go again and, um, and try to. You know, obviously, it's not over yet, but you know, we'll we'll give it our give it another go again. I fucking love that boy. That Irish lad is the best. See, golfers don't get that team bonding. They get it a tiny little bit when they're in college. They got it a little tiny bit in high school, but they don't get that mutual respect. And that is now a final. Berger and Fitzpatrick, uh, the final match on 18, uh, goes to Berger one up. So the U.S. does break the record. They're 19 points, 19 to 9, your final from the Ryder Cup. And all the team... Hugging, high-fiving, enjoying themselves, respect amongst fellow competitors. That's what it is. It's respect. It's camaraderie. It's the only week that does that. It's the only week that brings them together in this kind of team format. And it gets to guys. Stricker crying, Rory crying, Poulter was crying. Poulter Poulter won in singles. Jesus Christ. I said, stop Poulter. I couldn't stop him. We threw Fina at him, one of our best guys. 
Poulter went right through him like a hot knife through butter. I think Poulter was emotional because, obviously, his team lost. But he won his match, so he's happy about that. And he also realizes this was it. I mean, probably it. He may make the team in two years. But in his mid-40s, it's getting slimmer and slimmer, that chance. You know, when Tiger couldn't play, I thought, well, he's not going to be a part of the Ryder Cup. And then he was. He couldn't stay away from it. Even Tiger got into it. And then there's DeChambeau. Fucking DeChambeau, man. He was a show this week. He hit missiles that defy belief. And he was relishing every bit of it. Hit a 417-yard bomb across a carry on five that nobody even imagined. Downwind, of course, but it was a 417-yard actual drive downwind. Had a 75-yard wedge, flipped it up, made the birdie, bing, bang, boom. Had a 390-yard missile on the very skinny, treacherous par 4 13th that when you look at it from the tee, you're like, wait, what? He's really trying to whistle it down in there? Oh, he just did. And then you had the drive on number one on Sunday. Downwind, 362-yard par four. Only guy to fly it onto the green and then makes eagle. To which I tweeted, he's playing Sergio. Sergio must have been thinking to himself, hey, man, what the fuck? (laughs) I know know we're playing a competitive golf match here, but what what the fuck? You just just drove the par four and made a 30-footer for eagle. What the fuck? Really? Anyway, Sergio had a pretty good week as well. Hell of a game, this golf. I love it, as you can tell. And I've prattled on now for 20 minutes about it. So for those of you that hate golf, well, there you go. Send in your complaints. Every two years, you're going to get 20 minutes. Every two years, you're going to get 20 minutes. All right, good show, Kohler. Good show, Wisconsin. Good show, Team USA. Good show by the losers. By the Vanquish Team Europe, I love Patty Harrington, but uh, did not have the horses this time. And uh, my only note is to the PGA of America, I know you're, this is a cash cow. You don't have to change a damn thing. You get people to buy these tickets up in a second, but for God's sakes, keep an eye. Just please keep an eye out. Keep a mind out for those people who pay the money and go out there and just want to see some golf. Tighten it up. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's get to Andy Poland and the football from Sunday and the college action on Saturday. Hello. Hello, Andy. How we doing? Nothing like a six. Yeah, a lot better than Washington is. What a thrashing at the hands of the Buffalo Bills. It is the change the questions week in the NFL. Just when you thought you had the answers, the NFL changes the questions. Lot of shocking results here in week three, but then again, it's the NFL, right? 14 more weeks to go. We'll start with Washington. They just never had a chance in this game, did they? My God. Uh, You know, this defense that was hyping itself to the moon in the preseason in three games, they've given up 1,300 yards. It's, 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 
It's incredible. Uh, they, they made very few negative plays for the Buffalo Bills in the 43-21 to 21 romp. I mean, hell, the, the fact that they scored 21 is due to what? A incredible 73-yard touchdown by Antonio Gibson and right. a muffed kickoff into the wind. Well, actually, that was recovered by Washington. That's the longest onside kick I've ever seen. Buffalo <laughs> never touched the ball. Right. It was now, recovered by Dustin Hopkins. Well, wait a but minute. It wasn't like it Buffalo was, muffed it. It, it. You sure it wasn't muffed? It still went off a of bill. Uh, it did not look like it went off a of bill. It looked like it went off a Washington player and was recovered by Dustin Hopkins. That's the way I saw it. Well, I think it, 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 it went off of somebody. Yeah, again, a Washington player touched it first, didn't retain possession, but then Dustin Hopkins fell on the loose football. Oh, okay. Washington well, there is a collision for it, basically. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I'm a bit groggy because I took my traditional mid-afternoon nap. I must be getting old, Andy, that I now fall asleep <laughs> during NFL Sundays, typically. No matter how much sleep I've had the night before, I don't know what it is. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I uh, no, I usually stay up for that. It's the night games, forget <laughs> about it. But the day games, exactly. I'm, I'm usually okay. But uh, you know, th- this I, on that third quarter drive that Buffalo had that went like what seven and a half minutes that essentially put the game away. Yeah, I look. I looked at the stats. At that point, the Bills were eight for eleven on third downs. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, let's see. I'll call up the box right now. They, they've they've allowed some insanely high third down conversion games now in just three weeks. The one the, the game against the Chargers in week one was really bad in terms 14 of 14 for down. 18. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and then this one, the one against the Giants was reasonable. That was like four for 12 or something like that. Uh, but, the Bills uh, were only nine of 15, Andy. On third okay. down, only nine of fifteen. I say that sarcastically because that's still a god awful number on the right. down and in which you're supposed to get the other team off the field. Right, and some of that was when they had the ball and were just trying to run clock, running the ball. They weren't really trying to get first downs; they were just trying to eat up the clock. So, uh, you know, I it, it's it, I, and look, there's too much talent here. There could be something going on internally that we don't know about. And really? I don't know what it is, but it's not right. What about Taylor Heineke? 14 for 24, 212, two touchdowns, an incredible rushing touchdown where he went for the pylon like he did against Tampa in the playoffs, but two interceptions, and they were bad interceptions. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a nice kid, tries hard, uh, fun to watch at times, but we're not playing flag football in the park on Sunday. Uh, and so when you run around against NFL defenses and try and make something happen and then just trying to chuck it up there, it gets intercepted. And those were two really bad interceptions. The, the third turnover wasn't his fault. That was a Logan Thomas fumble. But you can't have that. Yeah. So at one and two, what do they do from here on out? It's well, a long swim to January. It's, is, it like the, is the season effectively in the dumpster already? Well, you know, look, we we felt that way last year, and uh, not that they, you know, were that impressive at seven and nine. But in this league, you can't say it's over until it's over. Plus, you have a seventeenth game this year. So, right. what they look like defensively now at the end of September, they may look totally different at the end of October. It's hard to tell. They catch a bye early, and I guess yeah. they need it now. 
Well, it's what's the first week in November, so they still got another five games to go before that. So, you know, and they got Atlanta. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why is it showing this this way? I'm looking at CBSSports.com, and it goes one, two, three, nine, and it puts the buy in the fourth spot. What what in the living fuck is going on with this website? (laughs) That pisses me off. Uh, they're at Atlanta next week. Right. Uh, and then they're home against New Orleans, home against Kansas City, at Green Bay, at Denver, home against Tampa. Let's take a break there. What's the best case scenario? One, two, three, four, five, six games. Two and four? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. two and four is the best case. That makes them three and eight out of the gate. Right. Or three and six, I should say. Three and six. Three and six, and we've seen them at three and six with 16 games win the division. So, you know, who knows? But it it doesn't look good right now. And, you know, even if Heineke manages to keep them afloat until they get Fitzpatrick back, uh, who knows what Fitzpatrick is going to look like? Uh, So... Well, that's the thing. I think they're they're heading towards multiple... They're heading towards a three-quarterback season again. Minimum. And that's never a good thing. Mm, well, that sucks. Yeah. There was a lot of hope for this season, you know, wasn't well, there? Was a lot of there was a lot of preseason hype, as there always is. And you know, you've got Montez Sweat talking about he and Chase Young are going to set the sack record for for a duo for defensive ends. Oh yeah, I, I think Sweat may have one or two. You don't have any for Chase Young right now. That's three games without a sack for the second pick of the draft, who's supposed to be a sack machine. Yeah, that has been a I think the biggest dis- disappointment so far. Not necessarily the quarterback situation cuz you know, let's be honest, we would have expected that. Mm-hmm. Uh this is this is something that's really bad. Chase Young has turned out to be uh, not a bust, but not what he was billed to be. Well, I mean, he, he may still be, but whatever they're doing defensively isn't working and he's part of the problem. Right. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with my bookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with my bookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. 
Meanwhile, in the 1 o'clock games, a new NFL record on a game winner from Justin Tucker. 66 yards for the win indoors in Detroit. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about calling my friend Jess Atkinson and asking him, how far do you think it can go? Because if it's 66 now... Can you get to When seven? will it get? Well, only four more yards to go. Here's what it sounded like uh, in Detroit. On its way. It bounces off the crossbar, and it's good. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Did that? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> It took every little bit, bounced over from 66 yards. There was another field goal in the 1 o'clock hour in which, a field goal attempt in which Cliff Kingsbury decided to go for a 68-yarder outdoors against Jacksonville. It ended up woefully short and turned into a kick-six situation that went the other way for Jacksonville for a touchdown. Now, that was idiotic. Agreed? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, 68. I mean, who's their kicker? Who is it? Uh, for uh, the Cardinals? Arizona, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd have to look that up, but it uh, obviously a guy that uh, was not not going to get it done. here. And, of course, the great Gus Johnson was on the call. Here's what that sounded like. Got it up. That's short. Agnew. Brings it out of the end zone. It's almost like the universe is serving up moments just for Gus Johnson. Now, I like Gus a lot. Some think he's too much. Where do you fall? Oh, I, I like him. I, you know, generally I see him do college games. I guess this is the first year he's doing the NFL. Right. But, uh, I like his enthusiasm. I would pair that up against the Vern Lundquist call in the Al- Auburn-Alabama game. I prefer the Vern approach a little bit more, but uh, I, I still like Gus. Right. Uh, the Titans beat the Colts 25-16. to Carson Wentz pushed out there on two bad ankles. And at the same time, Jim Ursay was kind of bellyaching that he's still not vaccinated and implied it was like, well, we don't know if he's going to be available. Two things. One, you know, vaccinated players are testing positive like Antonio Brown and they're being ruled out. And secondly, this is the callousness of the NFL. It's like, yeah, your two two ankles are bad. Well, that's too bad. Get out there and fucking play for us. Oh, at the same time, oh, you're not vaccinated? Shame on you. Well, it's not just that you can test positive if you're vaccinated. It's if you're not vaccinated, you can spread COVID to other players. And that's that's a big concern, especially when he's the quarterback of the team. Yeah, but you can also so, spread it if you are vaccinated. Yeah, yes. yeah, but you're less likely to do it. We and, don't know how likely. Well, I, I, I would say There's I would take no firm that studies that show the less. I just think I just think it's like, hey, fuck you. He's going to play on two bad ankles and you're belly aching about the vaccination thing again. 
I'd like to see him vaccinated. If I was running, if I owned a football team and I was paying a player that much money and he was my quarterback, I'd want him vaccinated. Cole Beasley, by the way, not vaccinated, tore the red, tore the Washington football team a new ass, 11 catches uh, for the most yards in that game. Uh, So there was uh, one result. Colts are going pretty much nowhere this year because, well, they've got quarterback issues like everybody Mm -hmm. else. I mean, we're already three games into the season and five guys have gone down, basically. Right. Yeah, that's and that's why they're you know they're going to have an eighteen game season, but you're going to see a lot of Taylor Heineke's playing in playoff games as as things go on. That's just the reality of the position, and they can make it as safe as they want to. I mean, you can't hit a quarterback high, you can't hit them low now, yeah. but they're still going out somehow. Falcons beat the Giants on a last second field goal from Young Ho Koo. Uh, the Giants are zero and three, and boy, do I. I smell firings in the air. Dave Gettleman, you'll be first. Yeah, I would think so. Um, and Joe Judge, not far behind. But, you know, they, they they could have actually beaten Washington had they not gotten a questionable offsides on sure. last field goal. So, you know, it's almost like who's – now, not that Ron Rivera is going to be on the hot seat, but, uh, you know, who, who would be in worse shape now if there had not been an offsides on that field goal at the end of the Giants game? Yeah, that's a good point. Chargers beat the Chiefs 30-24. to 24. Chiefs are 1-2 and two out of the gates. Yes, mm. yes. But, but we, you know, we have seen years where the Patriots have gotten off to a slow start and people said, mm, ha, ha, ha. and then, you know, they get it right. So I think Andy Reid is not – putting his foot on the gas in September. Uh, let's let's reassess where they are in a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes, not great. 27 to 44. Two picks, only 260 yards, did have three touchdowns. The real big headline here is Justin Herbert continues to rise like a superstar. Four touchdowns, no picks on 26 of 38. Yeah, we have seen over the course of three weeks two quarterbacks, uh, one taken first round last year and one taken the first round, was it two years ago or three years ago? Right. With, uh, with, and, and, uh, with Allen, and boy, the difference between what they have and what Washington has, <sighs> unbelievable. you've got to get one of those guys. I mean, that's, that's, that is, that's why we saw San Francisco take Justin Fields when they have a quarterback who's got an incredible winning percentage uh, in regular season and has taken a team to a Super Bowl in Garoppolo because you got to keep trying to find that guy. And if yeah. you don't, you're nowhere. Speaking of Justin Fields, stink, stank, stunk for his debut against the, uh, the, the, Bear, the Browns. Excuse me. Six of 20. Six mm-hmm. of 20 for 68 yards. And, of course, no touchdowns. That's one yeah. of the worst debuts I can remember. Yep, they were ready for him. And the game plan for him, it's a little different story. They were ready for him. 26-6, to six, your final. Browns go to 2-1, and one, and Chicago is 1-2. and two. So I guess everyone that was, like, ripping the Bears for not starting fields in week one, they should just sit down and shut up because the Bears knew. And remember how many people were enamored with fields after that one preseason game? Again, preseason doesn't mean shit. I know exactly. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Other early games. The Bengals ripped the Steelers 24 to 10. And it looks like the coming of the end now for Big Ben and the Steelers. Uh, They're one and two. And uh, they had nothing against their arch rival, Cincinnati. 
Yeah, I didn't see any of this, but everything I saw on Twitter indicates Ben can't play anymore. That they went one year too long with him, it looks like. 58 passes. 58 Oof. passes for 318 yards. So that's a low yield there for a lot of squeezes. A lot of short passes, two interceptions, uh, only one touchdown. They got Najee Harris 14 carries for 40 yards, but otherwise uh, they just did not have it. Burrow was 14 of 18 for three touchdowns in this game. Uh, Mixon had 90 yards rushing, so the Steelers are 1-2, and, and the Bengals are 2-1. and one. Is uh, Taskins, by the way, the backup in Pittsburgh? He is. Might want to keep an eye on that situation, right? Uh, We mentioned the Ravens beating the Lions 19-17. Lions fall to 0-3. Ravens are 2-1. Justin Tucker continues to be the ultimate weapon as a kicker with a 66-yarder. Jameis and the Saints bounce back. uh, 28-13 winners over the Patriots. New England's 1-2. Does Brady go to England this week or next week? It's next Sunday night. It's a week from tonight when oh. he goes to New England. Yep. Oh, the hype has started. This will be this will be the biggest hyped regular season game, maybe since the Bears were trying to extend their undefeated season at Miami in 1985. Which, by the way, is the most watched Monday night game of all time. This might actually break the record. This this is going to be huge a week from tonight. Mac Jones threw it 51 times in the loss, had three interceptions. Jameis, uh, good game. Uh, Game manager, two touchdowns, 128 yards on 13-21. Kamara nearly at 100 yards. Is the question answered, assuming Brady goes in and beats the tar out of the Patriots, that it was more Brady than Belichick? Is that answer now final? No, I don't think it is. It's not. it because no because of the sustained success. I mean, we've we've seen great quarterbacks before. But once you split but, them up, I know. But but to, to to have kept that team winning on a regular basis like they did, uh, I think you got to credit Belichick for that. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's an either or situation. I really okay. don't. All right, uh, Jack, Cardinals did come back to beat the Jaguars despite that gaffe in the first. Half uh, on the field goal attempt, thirty-one to nineteen. The final. Arizona is three and zero, oh, and uh, Kyler Murray is looking to be the true franchise quarterback that many people were skeptical he could be at that height. Isn't it amazing? You've got a failed college coach, a college coach who was fired, and a quarterback who was thought to be too small and maybe a baseball player. Yeah, and and you may have a team. They've got J.J. Watt. You know, they're they're. They're a team that could come out of the could come out of the West. They really could. Yeah, Kyler Murray, twenty eight to thirty four, three hundred sixteen yards in the win. Sunshine Lawrence, eh, twenty two of thirty four, two nineteen, one touchdown, but two ints. Jacksonville Rookie, is zero and three. They'll be drafting very high. Bad team. Urban Meyer will coach USC next year. It's you know that's that's a mess. <laughs> and uh, that wraps up the early games. Uh, Andy and I are taping early today because. I need to be done with my business here on this podcast before the Niners-Packers game tonight, and then I'm going to go straight to bed. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Packers show up and compete in this one because at full strength, the Niners seemingly like to crush Green Bay as of late, at least with Kyle Shanahan as the coach. They lost to Green Bay last year, but that was with C.J. Beathard in a uh, mm-hmm. pandemic year, so I don't know if that applies. Elton Jenkins is out, and that means Nick Bosa could 
possibly feast. We shall see. Mm. Yeah, and uh, we'll see what kind of Aaron Rodgers shows up. Well, it's Jekyll and Hyde, isn't it, so far? Uh, yes. Yes, indeed, we will. So real quick, pivoting. Pivot, did you watch any of the Ryder Cup this weekend, which is about to conclude as I watch right now uh, as the U.S. is cruising up 14-6 to six with four more leads on the board? They only need a half more point to secure the win. Did you watch any of it? Watch very little. I did see two guys chug beers, though, after their rounds, which I thought was was cool. Um, <laughs> that was but. Justin Thomas and Daniel Berger. They were not playing in the afternoon, so to help fire up the crowd on the first tee, they each chugged a beer. But they're both yeah. such nerds is the thing. And Thomas didn't even finish his beer, per se. Mm, well, you know, it's, it's golfers, so I was, I was impressed by that. And, uh, no, I was actually watching – a lot of college football. I was watching a lot of the Wisconsin Notre Dame game. Okay, and, uh, let's talk that about that. Okay, let's yeah. talk about that. Graham Mertz is under some kind of heat now with Badger fans because he was billed as this next great quarterback, like the best guy they've had since Russell Wilson, and yeah. he has completely stunk it up this year. And it comes after his decision in July to release his own line of you know, uh, logoed gear, the Mm -hmm. Graham Mertz line. When the nil rights came into being, he was first out of the gate to go, gimme, 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 and people are crushing him for it. Well, this this is a symptom of of what is 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 the beginning of what's going to happen here. This is this is nothing I mean, everything is changing with this. So I don't blame him for doing it. But yeah, and, and and now it looks like they kept the wrong quarterback, right? Although the Notre Dame they really pulled away when their third stringer got in the game, not uh, not the not the guy who started. So I don't know. I mean, I, I Notre Dame is is really crazy. I mean, they just got by a horrible Florida State team. They barely won. Who did they play? One of those Ohio teams, one one double A teams, right? And 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 they blew the doors off Wisconsin. That was stunning. It was a close game until the fourth quarter, and Notre Dame put up what thirty one points in the fourth quarter couple of pick sixes by Mertz. There was a kick return for a touchdown. There was a kick return after Wisconsin's band played jump around in in what was presumably a Notre Dame home game, neutral site. And and as Michael Jordan, I know it was kind of half and half, but presumably Michael Jordan would have said, and I took offense to that because as soon as that happened, (laughs) the game broke entirely open. For Notre Dame, yeah. Well, I mean, they play jump around every every fourth quarter, so that's you know that's not a big deal. Here's here's yeah. the sound bite I'm going to play a lot of on tomorrow morning's morning show on 97 through the game. Graham What's going Mertz. on, everybody? Graham Mertz here. I'm excited to announce I'm officially dropping my merchandise website, GrahamMertzShop.com. Uh, I'm going to put it in the in the caption under here, but we'd love for you guys to go check it out, buy some sweet gear, and uh, I appreciate the support. There's more to come. <laughs> Jesus yeah, well, this, this 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 is college football. You know, this, <sighs> this, is, this this there there was a guy. Uh, I think it was Utah State. He he played four years as a starter at Baylor, but last year didn't count, and he didn't play all that well, so he wasn't going to be drafted that high. So he transferred to Utah State. He started three games and he got benched. In the new rules, you can take a redshirt year if you haven't played four games. 
So now he's going to transfer to a third school in three years and try and start there. It's professional football. It's what it is. I know, and there's a lot of small companies that are lining up to sign these deals that are going to get burned, and they're going to say, we're not doing this anymore because it's too unpredictable. And the transfer portal is going to make life hell for all these coaches because they're going to be like, okay, we'll take you as a highly rated player who is disgruntled at his old school, and then that guy's going to be unhappy at his new place in a matter of time. And vice versa. They're going to be trading unhappy guys. Like you saw the story of Kayvon Pope at at Ohio State, right? Kayvon Pope gets pissed off. He's a backup linebacker, pissed off because he's not playing more. So ends up storming off the field, throws his gloves into the stands, tries to you know, leave the sideline. He's ushered back to the bench, but then eventually, I guess, leaves the field and tweets out, fuck Notre Dame. <laughs> fuck Ohio State. Oh, yeah, sorry. Fuck Ohio State in the middle of the game. Yeah. And afterwards, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Day is having to ask answer questions about, so is Kayvon Pope still on the team? He's, he's like, not, yeah, yeah, I'm just hearing about this, so I, I got to sort this out. Yeah, he's you know, he's not on the team as of today, and and given that he probably didn't play four games, means he can probably play someplace else next year. Probably, if you really want a backup linebacker who wasn't getting playing time at Ohio well, State. He, he was a four-star recruit. Somebody's going to want him. There was also a play in the Tennessee game. Tennessee committed a trifecta of the dumbest penalties I've ever seen. It was on a punt return. The the guy clearly wiped out the punt returner before he had a chance to field the ball. That's a penalty. Mm -hmm. He lowered his helmet. That's a penalty in targeting. And then afterwards, complained so much he got a personal foul. That's a penalty. Well, that's hitting for the cycle, isn't it? (laughs) It is. I I think coaching these days is uh, harder than ever with the volatile type of young men that are being produced in today's modern media age. And then you had SMU try to plant a flag at the center logo of TCU when TCU's football players were still milling around the center logo and it turned into a fight. Yeah. Uh, well, that's you know, sort of a rivalry there, although SMU has had to claw its way back from that probation. It's been a while, but you know they they had de-emphasized football there to some degree, and now it looks like they're back. Yeah, uh, the uh, fat. Did you see the fat guy that tried to kick a field goal for a free car? No, it's a funny gif going around. It's a it's a guy that's had way too many cheeseburgers, and it was a contest mm-hmm. where they pluck a fan out randomly, and they mm-hmm. give him like a thirty-five yard field goal attempt, and they say go for it. And this fat guy tries to kick it, and he literally falls on his face after kicking it maybe five yards. Yeah. Not everybody can do what you could do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I could kick a 35-yarder right now. Uh, Clemson Clemson loses for a second time in September. So they are most likely out of the college football playoff race. Oh yeah, they lost to they lost to NC State. You know, it's yeah. not like they they lost to you know losing to Georgia is one thing. Losing to NC State, that's so another deal. A lot of teams that uh, were 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 very hyped and that are losing big time early on. It's like the college football landscape. I think is flatter than it's ever been, except for well, Alabama. Also, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I think I think everybody who considers themselves a top prospect has their nose pressed against the window at Alabama, wondering when they can transfer in. 
<laughs> yes, basically. All right, finally, uh, did you see it was Bob Euchre Day in Milwaukee yeah. over the I weekend? Heard about it. Yeah. And and Euchre was his classic funny self, 87 years young still. And he said, for my final bobblehead, because they, they gave away two different Euchre bobbleheads on Saturday and Sunday. He said, yeah. for my final bobblehead, I want it to be just me inside a box. And when you open it up, it plays a sound of me saying, get up, get out, get out of here. <laughs> Which is his signature yeah. home run call. I'm like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I think he might be the funniest guy without mater- prepared material. Like some guys, you know, Jerry Seinfeld can tell jokes, but just stand around funny, he might be the funniest guy. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, Andy, uh, great to talk to you as always, and we will chat next week. Thank you, brother. All right, Dave, take care. There you go. All right, let's end on this today. Headline, Chinese man dies. After chugging 1.5 liter bottle of Coca-Cola in 10 minutes. Wait, 10 minutes? That's chugging? The man allegedly died of a fatal gas buildup. The freak accident was detailed in the Journal of Clinics and Research in Hepatology and Gastroenterology. The fizzy fiasco occurred after the 22-year-old rapidly down the 1.5 liter bottle of Coke. This to stay hydrated during the hot weather. Six hours later, he started experiencing a swollen stomach and severe pain, which prompted him to report to the Chaoyang Hospital in Beijing. Their test revealed the patient that wasn't believed to possess any underlying health issues, had an elevated heart rate, low blood pressure, and rapid breathing. Doctors also conducted a CT scan, which revealed that the soda drinker had aberrant levels in his intestinal wall and portal vein that provides blood to the liver. This, in turn, had reportedly caused him to suffer a hepatic ischemia, otherwise known as shock liver, which is caused by a lack of oxygen to the organ. At that point, the medical staff tried to save the besieged fellow by releasing the gas from his digestive system. Is that really necessary? Theater of the mind. They also administered medication to help safeguard his liver and other body parts from further damage. However, it's too little too late. Man's condition worsened. Until he passed away 18 hours after treatment. Death by two liter Coca-Cola. Rest in peace and don't try this at home. That is a wrap for today. Thank you very much for downloading. I appreciate your understanding of my desire to put this to bed early. I'm going to go watch the Packers and the Niners tonight. And I will have a full report on my morning show on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. Get it via the iHeart app if you would like a recap of that. Have a great Monday, everybody, and we will see you next time.
Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie, and when you win, get paid.